Hi, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. Hello, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. We are back on Thanksgiving week, and we have some really awesome things to talk about today. First, if you're new here, my name's Lindsay. I'm a child therapist and a mindful motherhood educator. On this podcast, we keep it real about what motherhood looks like, how it feels, and how sometimes it can be really crappy. Before we get into our topic, which is handling the holidays as a mom, I wanted to let you know that my course, Coping for Kids, Teaching Your Child to Manage Difficult Emotions Without the Meltdown, is on Black Friday sale through next week. So it's about half off, which is amazing. I will put the link in my show notes, but instead of me telling you why the course is so great, I'm going to let someone who's taken the course tell you why it's so great. Her name is Laura. She is the food blogger, Lolo Home Kitchen. I am obsessed with her recipes and she just did a holiday box. Anyway, you need to follow her, but she took it and she shares with you why she liked it so much. Before we get to that, I'm just going to share with you what comes in the course. So it is about three hours of recorded audio, meaning there are slides you can watch, but you can also just listen to it. It comes with a PDF workbook, so you can um, do the workbook digitally, or you can print it out into a paper and pen if that is your style. And it also includes a 60-minute live Q&A where you can ask me your questions and help you, and I can help you implement and tweak some things. In the course, you will learn how to manage meltdowns, manage your own emotions, and create a plan for the situations that your child is most likely to have a meltdown in so that you feel confident going into that situation. So I'll just let Lara tell you about her experience and then we'll get to the episode. As you know, if you're a listener of this podcast, I have been working on creating my own course to teach you how to teach your kids to manage big emotions. And instead of telling you what's in the course and how it's helpful, I'm just gonna let someone that has taken it tell you how it's helpful. So here's Lara from Lolo Home Kitchen to share her experience with coping for kids. Hey, hey, I just wanted to pop on here real quick before the episode starts and give a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Now that that's out of the way, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy it because it helps the podcast grow. And don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. Okay, so you can find the link in the show notes to purchase the course and I hope you get it. I hope you love it. I hope you actually, I know you'll love it if you get it. And I hope you share with me that you got it on social media. You can share it to your story and then I'll reshare it and we can connect that way as well. 
Today's topic is how to handle the holidays as a mother. And we're going to talk about a lot of different things. I didn't really create a plan for this episode. I'm just winging it. So I'm just going to talk and we will see where it goes. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving and I made a funny TikTok about how, about like from a therapist perspective, the things you should not talk about at Thanksgiving. And that's what gave me the idea for this episode. In the TikTok, the things were, don't talk about people's bodies. If they lost weight, if they gained weight, just don't talk about it, right? If someone talks about your body or your child's body, you have the right to set a boundary and say, you know, say they say, oh, you look so good. Have you lost weight? You could say, oh, thank you for the compliment. I don't really talk about my body or my weight. You're allowed to set a boundary even if it's a positive compliment. And I know that's something, and and most people have really good intentions, right? They just aren't aware or educated on body positivity or how we talk to kids about their bodies, or they just do things a little bit differently. So, and also friendly reminder, don't talk about anyone else's body. Also, don't comment on your kid's body, um, your kid's hair, clothes, behavior, anything leading up to anything that happened leading up to the dinner or the celebration with your child that isn't positive because that's not cool either and it makes your child feel embarrassed and overwhelmed and uh, full of shame, right? And we don't want to do that to our kids and that's something about us that we just need to let go. So if, if our natural tendency is to walk in and say, oh, uh, they had to dress themselves today, can you know, look, that, that doesn't match. Um, uh, okay, great. Like that doesn't need to be said. And it is just about your own insecurity about what your child is wearing rather than, um, like lifting up your, your child, right? You could totally say something like, oh, she picked her own outfit today. Don't you think she looks so cute? That is a different way to approach it. Or you could say nothing at all and just let your child be who they are without publicly embarrassing them. Now, I promise the TikTok was way funnier than this because I just mentioned the things you don't talk about. You also don't ask people when they're having kids. Don't ask people if they're having more kids. Don't ask people if they want kids, uh, anything about their fertility because you never ever know what someone is going through. And this is something that I've experienced on both ends. Like I've put my foot in my mouth before and I have also... um, been going through infertility during the holidays or experienced loss and it is really difficult when people ask those prying questions also if you know someone has experienced a loss recently whether it's um fertility related a child their dog don't make a big deal out of it in front of other people because they may not want you to draw attention to it. They may just want to show up to the party and have a a normal distraction experience. Also, don't, if people don't want kids, don't ask them why. It's not your business. And, And don't make comments like, oh yeah, so much easier without kids or you can have mine. Because that's really, we just never know what someone's going through. 
and we don't ever want to, and I know that everyone has the best intentions and we just kind of just say things trying to connect with people. And, and I talk, people come to therapy and they say, can you believe this person said this to me? And I'm like, yeah, well, actually I can one and two, like the intention was to connect. Right. And so let's find better, positive, healthier ways to connect with each other than asking prying questions about people's fertility, reproductive systems, loss, bodies, all of those things. The next ones I'm not really going to explain, but um, they're kind of just what they were funny in the TikTok. And I think it's funny and we definitely don't ever want to talk about these things. Um, politics, the presidential election, Donald Trump and the vaccine, things that you probably don't want to talk about at your holiday dinner if you want things to go peacefully. So it's kind of just a joke, but then it made me think like, hey, I want to do a podcast episode on how to survive these holiday interactions, especially as a parent and um, with our children maybe and their behavior that often these interactions often feel stressful and overwhelming. And so that that's why I'm here. So there's my beginning thoughts on everything. I also just want to give you all of the permission to show up if you want, not show up if you don't want, or say you're going to show up and then not show up. I I think after COVID last year, we had such a different holiday, well, most people did, where we didn't have our normal busyness, our normal interactions with our family and friends that we really learned like how beautiful and how nice it is to have a simpler holiday. When I say a simpler holiday, I mean less busy, less chaotic. Uh, the things we thought mattered maybe don't matter as much as that time together and really spending time with the people that you value and love and care about. And so as we're going into this year where things are looking a little more normal for most people, depending on where you live, I just want to offer the reminder that we get to take that lesson that we learned during COVID, not that COVID's over, but like uh, during uh, quarantine last year, whatever you want to call it, and apply it to this year by being choosy about what we attend, what we show up to, and not feeling like we have to do all of the things. Now, also as a parent, and if you have younger kids, the holidays are really stressful for them too, because they are off routine, not getting enough sleep. They're overstimulated. They're often playing with cousins or other kids. There's a lot of gifts involved, family members, socializing, extra behavior expectations that we don't normally have for our kids. And if you host the holidays, then there's a lot of prep work that goes into getting your house and environment ready for these things. And so I just want to bring your awareness to this and recognize that your child's mood and behavior is going to be possibly more difficult on these occasions and you should plan for that. This also includes if your child's neurodivergent, um, meaning they have like ADHD, autism, Tourette's, sometimes people include anxiety. I would just say if they are a child that really struggles when things are not 
normal routine day to day than to plan for those behaviors. Because a lot of times we get into these situations with our kids where we're going from one family member's house to another family member's house and they had to take their nap in the car and they're dressed in uncomfortable clothes that um, are itchy or scratchy and we're wanting them to take a family picture and smile. And guys, I'm saying this all with like no judgment because I am actually just imagining Thanksgiving's past or holidays past in my own family and in my own life where I have, you know, put these expectations on my kids and then I am flustered, frustrated, Honorary and irritable, Tim and I get in a fight 100% of the time because we are um, on edge and we're trying to, and then, and then our kids sense that and they're on edge. So their behavior's off. No one has a good time. And um, then, then we get there and I wonder like, gosh, why are my kids acting so like, why are they like this? Why are they, why are they not behaving? Why aren't they listening? And it's like, Duh, Lindsay, it's a new environment. It's, you know, they're overstimulated. They haven't taken a nap. Their diet hasn't been normal. Like, are you freaking kidding me? So um, planning for these things and creating your holiday schedule in a way that fits your child's needs. Now that's going to look different for every family. And I will tell you what I'm doing in my own family to make this happen um, and, and this also creates less stress for me because I know that when I'm going from place to place and guys, I know this is coming out the day before Thanksgiving, I'm using Thanksgiving as the example here, but this is going to apply going into the Christmas season or any time that you have a holiday birthday, it, you can apply these tips to any season in your life. So I know that I get stressed out if I have like, even when we have weekends where we have back to back things or two birthday parties or it like splits up nap time or something weird, then it, I am irritable and anxious about it all day. My kids are off because they either didn't get their full nap or they haven't had enough downtime to just play and be kids. So what I'm doing for Thanksgiving this year is we're going to one house on Thanksgiving and then not on Black Friday, but the day after my um, stepdad is coming to my house and we're going to celebrate with like pie and leftovers. And that's how we are doing Thanksgiving because it is, I, I looked at the situation and I said, it is important for me to see all of these family members, right? Like who's it important for me to see? Who do I want to see this year, right? And I am not going to attend any event out of fear, obligation, or guilt. Um, FOG is a great acronym for that if you are a Brene Brown person. She she said that in one of her books and it's just stuck with me forever. So I'm not going to attend anything out of fear, obligation, or guilt. So any extended family that maybe you don't feel like going to or people that maybe you don't like that invite you to something, you don't have to go to that. Um... So that was my intention going into the weekend. Then I planned it and said, okay, this is the one where maybe there will be the most people at and it's maybe our year to go to this family or for whatever reason. I can't remember like all of the exact reasons, but um, it's later in the day. It's after nap time. And I think the problem I ran into is both of my family dinners, um, like my family and my in-laws were at the exact same time. So um it was, it would be too much to try and do both. And I've tried to do that in the past. And I usually end up 
in tears or not even enjoying my holiday. I also tried hosting and I ended up in tears and did not enjoy my holiday. That was last year because of COVID. So um, I'll probably never do that again as well. So anyway, um, we... I created this plan because it gives space for my kids and for myself because I have to make a dish, contribute, do all those things. So knowing that my children need to have their naps or it is a nightmare. I know my kids, I know what's best for them and you know what is best for your kids as well. We We'll try and have as normal of a day as we can in the morning. Probably feel more like a Sunday, lazy. I do have some cooking and prepping to do, but it's not that big of a deal. Then we will get ready, go to dinner at four, which also will feel to my children more like a Sunday dinner type situation because that's something we commonly do with family. Um, same people will be there that they're used to, they're familiar with, so I'm not as concerned about behavior and things like that. I have decided that I will offer them choices on what to wear. And my Sam doesn't care. He will wear whatever you give him. But my girls, they like to choose. And so I will give them choices. They love to wear dresses though. So it shouldn't be a big deal. And doing their hair is the thing that usually is a struggle. So my intention is to be flexible with it. I would love to do their hair so we can get a family picture if they will allow me to. If they will not, I'm just whatever. It's okay. And I love family pictures where they feel authentic. So if their hair's not done, whatever. Then I will try and get the family picture before we leave the house so that we're not trying to get it after they ate or they are tired or they are overstimulated, right? That is my plan. That is the plan I created going into Thanksgiving. You can create one too. So say you're traveling. What is your plan for if your child has a meltdown or tantrum? What are your plan for naps? What are your plans to make sure that they are hydrated enough and eating enough um, throughout the day? Because sometimes we're so busy as parents, especially in these holiday parties where we're prepping a lot of food, we forget to keep our kids on a normal schedule. So my suggestion would be to try and keep them on as normal of a schedule as possible. Also, sorry about the banging in the background. I'm in the basement. My niece is upstairs with the kids and I'm sure I don't know what they're doing, but there's banging involved and running. So that's okay. I also want to give you permission at the last minute, if you show up to a place and your kids are not behaving, or I hate the word behaving. I was trying to think of a different word, but I couldn't find one. If your kids are struggling to regulate their emotions or if they are overstimulated, it's okay to leave early. And I know that there are certain family members who are like, oh, we never get to see you or, oh, are you sure? Stay just a little longer. It's totally okay to leave early. I give you permission to bounce. And it doesn't have to be a big dramatic exit. It can just be like, oh man, they're so tired. We've had a really long day. We're going to go, but thank you so much for having us. It was so good to see you. We'll see you, blah, 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 right? Permission to leave early. Permission to not show up if someone's not feeling well, if your kid is struggling with and you maybe accidentally planned more than you um, 
bargained for or you thought that they could handle a certain amount of socializing, then you and then you realize "Mm, they really can't permission to say like, I'm so sorry, we're not going to make it today. It's just been too much. Like, and you don't have to, you don't owe anyone an explanation. I think that that's an important thing to remember is that like, it's your holiday and you get to spend it in a way that brings you the most joy in, and in a way that you value and with the people that you value. And I'm not saying that if you don't go somewhere, you don't value those people, but it's about you and you don't want to spend your holiday catering to everyone else. Look back at the end of the holiday and say, wow, that went by really fast. And I didn't even have any fun or enjoyment during that holiday. So in a way that you enjoy and that will be relaxing and fulfilling to you, not based on other people's expectations of us or of our children. Now, um, Parenting specifically in these situations can be really difficult because there is often a lot of people watching with a lot of opinions about your parenting and how kids should, quote unquote, behave, which this is why I hate that word. They should act a certain way. They should have certain behaviors or not have certain behaviors, right? Um, And I just want to remind you that you know your child best. And if they are having difficult behaviors or trouble regulating their emotions more than usual on this day, it is likely due to overstimulation and the schedule change. One way that you can combat that is to, besides planning for it, is to give, make sure you give them stimulation breaks in the day, meaning Maybe they're at grandma's and it's nap time and you have them go in the back bedroom and watch a show or you have them just lay down for a minute and you lay down with them, giving them a break from being stimulated and having to socialize. It is really hard for kids to have socially appropriate behaviors, especially around the holidays. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy as a, like if you're an introvert, you can fully relate to this. It takes a lot of energy for me to socialize and be socially appropriate because I typically don't want to talk to people. So making small talk is really difficult for me. Even having conversations with people I really love and care about is not always something that comes naturally or is easy to me. I want to be quiet or I want to be watching a show or if there's a lot of people talking and it's really loud, I, I can be one to just more sit there and it can be really overstimulating and so recognizing that kids have those same feelings and they likely don't know how to express their needs to you because they're too young and they don't recognize that that's what's setting them off also then we have to take into account um you have your children interacting with other kids and other people's kids who are parented differently than yours in an environment where everyone is stressed including the kids So there's likely to be conflict with cousins or um, other family members not sharing toys. Um, If you're in someone else's house or you have someone else in in your home, there's like a possessiveness over the toys. So keeping all of that in mind, creating breaks in stimulation, knowing when your child is starting to become overstimulated or that it's just too much, right? And you can tell, like I can... Uh, we are, I'm in tune enough with my kids. I feel like that I can look at them about 10 minutes before it gets real ugly. And a lot, and there have been times where I've ignored it. 
and said, oh, because I'm actually enjoying myself. And I'm like, oh, I want to stay and talk. And then I'm like, oh, I should I should have like jumped into this 10 minutes earlier. Right. So paying attention to where your kids are at. If they're older, you can even just do a quick check in with them. How are you feeling? Do you need a break? Do you need to play by yourself for a little bit? If they're younger, just noticing the warning signs and intervening early before there is a huge behavior or conflict. It is very rarely appropriate to correct your child in front of other people, especially if they are very prone to shame and embarrassment. Now, I know in very close families, there are sometimes you can say something and it's okay. Um, or there's a way you say things to them. There are times where I correct my children in front of family because we're close and comfortable enough and I don't feel like I do it in a shame-based way and but I do make it a point when there's a lot of stimulation going on to get on their eye level or if they're older have them come sit by you or talk to you without other people around so it feels like they're listening make eye contact and talk to them like they are humans do not bark commands at them. It's really easy to do this when we're talking and it's like, knock it off, knock it off, you know, and kids don't respond well to that. And it tends to create more anxiety and more overwhelm. And not only is it not, not nice, it just doesn't work, right? Like if you're sitting on the couch socializing and yelling things at your kids, um, they are not going to listen and it's just going to escalate. I can almost guarantee you that. So, Taking the time to pull them aside, whether it's in a room or just to the side of everything going on and having a conversation with them, asking them how they're feeling, asking them, hey, like I saw that you and your cousin Joe got into a fight. What happened there? Before you jump in and correct, give them a chance to explain themselves, to tell their side of the story and then say, oh, okay, well, what, how do you think Joe felt when that happened? If they're old enough to have this conversation, if they're not, it's going to look a lot different, but how do you think Joe felt when that happened? What can we, you know, what can we do to make this right? I'm talking about what they can do to make it right for next time. Then your child doesn't feel shame and isn't embarrassed. They got the attention and the support that they needed to process their feelings and you can help them problem solve. Now, A lot of times, other people will correct your children at holiday events, or you will feel like you can correct other people's children. My, uh, my main advice is like, just don't. And I, this is where it's touchy and depends on how close you are with the people, what's acceptable and what you, um, And I've made this mistake before. I've corrected other people's kids because it was something that like looked unsafe or um, it's never been like a, it wasn't like meant to be. And a lot of times I don't think anyone means it to be um, mean, but it can come across that way and parents don't like it. Like, and they're going to parent how they parent. And so just keep that in mind in dealing with these conflicts and dealing with your child is to really just focus on your child and the behaviors of your child. I would not offer firm like consequences or punishments 
for behaviors in the middle of this situation because your child is probably overstimulated, overwhelmed, and tired. They are learning how to manage themselves and be socially appropriate in these situations. We already know how. Well, some adults do. Some really don't. But like, and I'm sure you can think of that family member, right? And that family member will probably be at Thanksgiving. But we typically, as adults, already know how to do these things. And part of how we teach kids to do these things is by walking through these experiences with them in a loving way. So talking to them about, hey, we're going to see this family today and this family on Saturday because it, it gets too overwhelming and I want all of us to have our sleep and have some downtime. I'm sorry about all the banging. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you can hear it, but if you can, I'm sorry. You don't know what's happening up there. Um, explaining what's going on if they are of an age where that is appropriate. The last thing I want to touch on is sending your child to, if you are in a co-parenting situation, sending your child somewhere else where they may not feel comfortable for a holiday. I would always create some kind of plan where this child, if they are old enough, can check in with you, but also things that they can do to help themselves calm in the moment. So this may be fidget toys, this may be deep breaths, this may be what do you expect to set you off, and what can you do in these situations. Um, shameless plug, my course has a really great coping plan and you can use this exactly for that. So if you're interested in a more detailed version, definitely go purchase the course. Um, but helping them create a plan for how to handle these situations and then creating some kind of support plan or contact plan where they check in with you or someone else regularly to just say, hey, I'm doing well or hey, I, you know, I need some support. Or, you know, you send them a heart emoji and you tell them that you love them so that they know that you're thinking of them and you want them to be comfortable. The, the support piece is where it can get tricky because in some co-parenting situations, people are overreactive and or just reactive. And then it creates this dynamic where it feels like one parent is tattling on the other parent and it's hard for one, the one parent, to not speak badly of the other parent. And two, um, you also want to validate and support your child, which is one of the hardest things I think about co-parenting. So uh, just recognizing that you you don't want to speak negatively about the partner. You don't want to react unless it's something completely like unsafe or inappropriate. And you really just want to hold space for your child's feelings and help them figure out what they can do in that moment to work through those feelings. Typically, if a child's anxious, they know what they are anxious about in that family and what events are likely to trigger them. And you just have to ask the right questions in making that plan and going through that plan. And this can be really difficult as a parent because we're very emotionally attached to our kids, obviously, and we want them to be happy. And it makes us sad that they're feeling these feelings, right? And so um, if and because we, we want to fix it for them, we often get so emotional ourselves that we have to like take a step back and look at it objectively um, from more of like a planning perspective than I am a parent um, and I'm, I'm feeling sad that you're in this situation perspective. 
Now, if your child doesn't have a communication device or the parent doesn't let them use one, I know there are those situations, setting up a time maybe with the other parent to check in and call and say, all good, like, or even if it's like a code word that says like, yeah, I'm good, or no, I'm not good, or whatever that is, um, setting up that time so they know too, it helps them have that reassurance that they will be connecting with you throughout the day. Because if they're nervous or they didn't want to attend this gathering, they know that they will get to talk to you at a certain point and it can create kind of this like thing to look forward to and be hopeful about. Also helping them create like some downtime um, where if you need to be alone, you can go to the bathroom and sit in there and do some breathing. Those skills can be super helpful. For toddlers, um, the most important thing you can do is make sure that they are rested, hydrated, and you give yourself a lot of grace and you give them a lot of grace in the the parenting process and in just their ability because this is new to them and it's really overstimulating especially if you have a toddler that's like two because maybe they haven't had like normal holiday functions before because they were too young to remember and then they had the quarantine so Anyway, those are my quick tips. It was all jumbled and not organized, and I hope you're cool with that. I will be back next week, and I hope you all have a happy holiday season. If you want more of Mindful as a Mother, you can find me on Instagram at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Once again, at Linds, L-I-N-D-S underscore Adams, L-C-S-W.